Welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, where we bring you the real stories of female business owners. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a supportive business network for women. It's time to give a voice to women in business and discover their journey. Hi everyone and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. Today we have the lovely Erin Huckle with us. Hi Erin, how are you? Hi Danielle, I'm really good, thanks. Thanks for being here today. For those who may not know Erin yet, Erin Huckle is the founder of Chuckle Communications and is in the business of raising the profiles of her clients through proactive PR, amazing award entries and compelling written content. With almost 20 years of experience in PR, Erin has worked across sectors including tourism, IT, major events, not-for-profits and publishing. Based in Wollongong, Erin is a mum to three very busy boys and in her spare time, she loves any opportunity for a rare moment of peace, ideally with her head in the book. In a book, I should say, can I just say, Erin, that is my, that's my ultimate, just sitting with my head in the book. I know, and us working mums know how rare it is to get that opportunity. (laughs) So simple, and yet it so rarely happens. (laughs) No, that's it. I'm not asking for the world. I'm just asking for a quiet corner and a book and a cup of tea. But and a hot cup of tea. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being with us today, Erin. I wanted to start off by asking you: Did you always have a love, like obviously for reading, but also for writing? Yeah, I've always loved reading and writing. I am actually the daughter of a librarian. So my mum was the town librarian when I was growing up and books were always just a part of our world. Um, You know, I spent a lot of my time at the library with my mum and reading. I was just a voracious reader from a really young age and also loved to write and I went on to excel at that at school and then go on to do a communications degree at university which included a professional writing component so I always knew writing was in my future but I don't think I ever believed that you could really just make a living from writing you know I think that was kind of something that felt like some kind of dream come true especially because my first job out of uni was working for um, HarperCollins publishers the book publishers and I saw firsthand how hard it was to make it as an author 20 years ago. Times have changed a little bit, but it was, um, yeah, the idea of writing for a living just felt like some kind of fantasy. Well, I don't think, because I used to love, like when you said your mum was a librarian, my heart just went, because oh, I wanted to be a librarian. And I was like, year seven, you know, obviously you go to high school, they've got a bigger library and they have a full-on librarian. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's my dream job. Yeah. Um but that's, I guess, through high school and stuff, I don't remember them ever sort of promoting author or copywriter. I don't know if your your school was the same, but it wasn't really an industry that many people knew much about. No, and I guess, I mean, you can probably relate to this being someone who uses creativity in your work. I think there was a lot of, you know, in school, when you excelled at art or you excelled at creative writing, you weren't then told by your teachers, well, that's going to set you up for life. That's you sorted for, you know, your career. It was kind of like, well, that's great. Um, but it's not really a career that you can hang your hat on necessarily. And I remember having that same thought. I wanted to be a librarian like my mom, but then I thought, no, I don't want to just be the same as my mom. I want to carve my own path. And she was actually the one who suggested 
PR to me because she said, you love communicating with people, you love writing, and um, that might be a good good path to follow. So off I went and did my degree. And, yeah, that was the beginning of the rest of my story. The rest of your story. And did you have any thoughts at all? One day I might run my own business. Any thoughts at all? Oh, gosh, no. I think I was very much someone who, um, you know, I was someone who actually did really well within the traditional school system. And I'm I'm someone who I guess has thrived in environments where it's been like, okay, so then I complete this point and after that I go to this point, you know, and it was all. Here's a flow much- chart and this is yeah. how you go through. Here's a formula yeah. to success. So it was like do well at high school, okay, tick go to university and do do well there, tick, get a job out of university that you're happy with, tick. You know, it was kind of like following these steps. And I never thought I would own my own business. Um, It wasn't until I actually did um, have about four years working for an amazing boutique agency in Sydney as part of my career. And that was my, I guess, first up close and personal view of what it's like to run a business. This was a you know, it wasn't a one woman show, obviously she had a team and, and then two agencies merged. So we sort of had two founders who were directing us. They were both really inspiring women, but I saw how hard they worked. It just looked like you have to put everything into to what you're doing. And they both had families and I could see the, the struggle to maintain that juggle. And I thought, oh, that's not necessarily for me. I didn't have kids at the time, Um, you know, and then when I did start having kids, the security of maternity leave and a job was was quite a nice thing for me at first. Um, So it wasn't until baby number three that I realised the flexibility of being my own boss, you know, could work really well for me. And I think also the idea of working on my own was something I never wanted to do because I love being around people just like you obviously do and and bouncing off ideas and, you know, having those social chats throughout the day. And I was really scared of missing that and losing that. But communities like She Will Shine have actually taken that place, you know, have created that virtual, you know, virtual colleagues that I can talk to and, and share ideas with or Share. I've had that camaraderie I think as well that you have in your team yeah, exactly yeah so um it's really interesting what you said then about um you craved working in a team because I wonder because I was just reflecting on my own journey and I wonder if that's why back in my designer life I loved working with other women in business because that we had that camaraderie this like this was before she was shine was even an idea but we had that camaraderie between us mm. that you know, I've, I've got your back, you've got mine. How's yeah. everything going? We check in with each other. So it's really interesting that yeah. you've acknowledged that you crave that from the get-go, whereas I kind of didn't, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely crave it. And I am still someone who I love being around other people and I love opportunities to connect in real life. So that's made, you know, I started my business about three months before COVID really started to rear its head. So I've not really known much much business life without pandemic running alongside it but the moments we've had throughout the last couple of years where we can get out and be around other people it's just really filled my cup so um I've always been quite aware that I like being around people I'm a people person um I'm not necessarily the loudest person in the room but I do get a real boost from from being around other people yep so many things in common (laughs) Erin 
Thank goodness for Zoom, hey? That's right, exactly right. Now, what's <laughs> Arctic? So I know your career took you overseas. At what point did that kind of come about? So after I finished university, I worked in Sydney for a couple of years. And then my sister, who had just finished high school, and I and a friend um, hatched a plan to go travelling. So a bit of a delayed gap year, I guess. Um, so we went on around the world ticket. We went through Southeast Asia. We spent a lot of, lot of time in India. We went through Europe and we ended up in the UK and we were in the, well, my sister and I were in the lucky position of having an Irish passport along with our Australian passports, thanks to my beautiful grandma who was born in Ireland and she turned 102 this week. She oh, lives wow. on the coast. Yeah, she's amazing. Happy birthday. Absolute living legend. Yeah. Um, so through her, through beautiful Florence, we got these Irish passports. So that was kind of our ticket to a bit of freedom over in the UK and Europe. And I ended up staying in London. I was only going to stay for a few months to make a bit more money, but then I got a job at a technology PR agency. And a few weeks later met a guy who is now my husband and has been for a long time because that was 2005. So um, yeah, I, I was in London. I ended up being there for a few years and um, loved living in London. And then we moved back to Sydney. We lived there for a while. And then our lives took a bit of a change of track after we got married and my husband decided to move from working in advertising which he'd done for as long as I'd known him and to retrain as a doctor so that oh, took God, us that's a big change yes it was such a big change um and yeah it was he was uh yeah he was very committed to it I thought let's see where this goes but he did the entrance exams which are really really tough um and he got in and then for various reasons it just made more sense for us to be in the UK while he was studying so we then spent six years living in a beautiful city called Nottingham which is a couple of hours from London famous as the home of Robin Hood and Sherwood Forest around the oh, world beautiful. and we yeah that's where our first two Two kids were born and I worked there for six years and it was a really really fantastic time but I think we both decided long term we wanted to come back to Australia which we did we came back in 2017 end of 2017 I was pregnant with baby number three and yeah my husband was working in a in the hospital here in Wollongong where we live and after I, my third baby was born and I started putting out feelers looking for a job, I thought, actually, I'm going to do this for myself. Let's, let's have a go at doing this for myself. And I was really lucky. One of the friends I made here through the mother's group I joined was in the same boat. And we kind of supported each other in, in the idea of, well, if we can't find the perfect job, why don't we just each create our own job um, yeah. and see what happens? I was lucky. I, I kind of had nothing to lose, I guess, at that point. It was like... Let's try this. Let's see what happens. And um, luckily, look at it now. three years later, it's going really well. So yeah. right I think that's, um, that's such a benefit of being a service-based business in a way. Because I know when I started my graphic design business, all I needed was a computer and, yeah. you know, invest in a computer, dial up internet in those days. Because, um, but that's all I needed. So, if, you know, a few thousand dollars, Set yourself up, get your ABN and away you go. Mm. So there's such a benefit mm. in that, you know, being able to start up initially on that low cost and then as your business grows, invest in other mm. in other things. 
that's it you've got such a lean you know there aren't really many overheads like you say um you know I think my biggest expenses were buying a new laptop and um you know investing in some training to build my own website and kind of get that kind of happening but it was yeah it was let's just see what happens and I was I had such low expectations at the beginning I'm sure a lot of people you know well with the same especially service-based businesses but I was so thrilled that people were willing to pay me to do this work and I was definitely undervaluing you know what I was charging and you know the service I was offering at the beginning I was just a bit too nervous to actually charge what I was worth um we all go through it though like it's it's kind of part of the process sorting out definitely actually I am good at my job and people do want to work with me and I need to be paid Mm -hmm. accordingly exactly and I think also seeing it from the potential client's point of view you know I've heard a lot of people say this but if I'm if I'm booking a provider for something, like if I'm quite getting some builders to quote on a job and one of them is drastically cheaper than the others, that doesn't necessarily make me want to go with them. <laughs> You're like, hang on a minute, something's not quite right there. <laughs> it's not right. And it's the same with the services we provide as PR consultants and copywriters and designers. You know, if, if, if your quote is really low, then it kind of screams inexperienced or sort of reeks of desperation cutting yeah, <laughs> corners or something there's a reason why it's so low yeah where I think clients actually get a bit of confidence and they say okay that's kind of a healthy amount so obviously you know what you're doing and you you know happy to like I think um someone once said to me if every proposal you're putting out there is being accepted then your prices are, are too low so I think that's a, a good rule of thumb yeah can I ask you Erin how did you find your very first client my very first client was actually through Facebook. Oh, <laughs> yes. And it's really interesting. Yeah, it was through a random, um, it was actually through a friend of mine on Facebook who spotted a an organisation she, she knew of um, called Mega, Mums Exercise Group Australia. And they would, had done a call out. They needed someone to help write their new website. And my friend said, oh, this sounds like something you could help with. And I'd been doing some voluntary work in the kind of um, parenting and birth space um, since I'd been in Wollongong. So I'd already kind of been doing a bit of writing in that, in that kind of world. And I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to. So I, I sent off a, you know, a, a letter of interest to them and they said yes. And I had a really fun time working with them and helping them get the words for their website happening. Um, and then I, I guess the next client was a friend of my sister's. And again, it was kind of a, you know, okay, let's give this a go and see what happens. And then I was quite lucky. I started going to, just before COVID hit, I went to a, an in-person networking event here in Wollongong. And I met a couple of beautiful women there who have become long-term clients of mine and the timing just worked in my favor they both wanted to enter the local women in business awards and they were both time poor yeah. and they said yeah can you we help need you. yeah we need you. oh you could write my entry for me and I said yeah of course I could and and off I went so it's kind of been a and then it's just been a snowball from there and clients have come from a variety of places um but I find being in in groups and networks definitely helps I also get a lot of word of mouth referrals from existing and previous clients which is great um 
and I'm in some some groups so she will shine and a few other groups which are a mix of businesses and sometimes they'll end up becoming clients because they'll see what I do and they'll say oh, I need some profile raising or I need some professional copy written so um, yeah and I guess now I'm in the nice position of being booked up for a few months at you know in advance pretty much all the time so I've always got that pipeline coming through so yeah I don't say a lot of people contact me and I have to just either refer them on to other people um, and people were doing that to me at the start as well. You know, other copywriters were referring me work like Kate O'Mealy, who's in, in yeah. our beautiful She Will Shine group. She referred some work to me quite early on and I was so grateful to her and I remember feeling like overwhelmed that she would want to hand this work over and a couple of years later now I'm in that boat of, okay, yep, I get it now. Like if you don't literally have enough hours in the day, you do have to pass work on to other people I find it really interesting copywriters is what like copywriting is one industry where I have found you women are amazing in in that sharing knowledge and sharing experience and yes referring on but also like I know we have in our group a monthly copywriter catch-up that you guys organize on your own and away you go but you're talking about pricing you know things that are difficult clients things that are really um could be seen as all oh, their competitors and all that kind of rubbish which obviously we don't agree with but it's such that your industry is so has so beautifully um embraced the community over competition and in that you know the jobs sharing the knowledge sharing I just find it incredible yeah it's amazing isn't it I was quite blown away by that when I started and I remember joining a, a copywriting group and um a friend of mine who I met through the group said when she joined her husband said why would you want to do that aren't they your competitors and it was exactly what you're saying well actually there is plenty of work to go around and I think most copywriters are natural communicators so we love telling stories and sharing our experiences and we we don't want to work as an island in a little silo away from people we like connecting and talking um, and the generosity of of knowledge sharing has really blown me away like you say and um, it's nice to fuse in to be able to then return that favor as I see newer people coming into this world and looking for a you know a leg up and looking for ways to sort of build their own copywriting businesses and it's interesting too because everyone there are so many different sort of shapes your copywriting business can take so many people continue as um, you know solo freelancers and that's that's what they want to do and they they stick with that and they're happy with that and then I've seen other copywriters who have actually started agencies who are then you know subcontracting to other people and you know managing strategy for big clients and you know taking on those kinds of you know big meaty budgeted projects which also come with a lot of stress and expectation which while my kids are quite young I'm not quite ready to <laughs> <Not> ready <there. laughs> go into that world but yeah I feel like you can, can kind of I mean I guess this is true of any business which especially service-based businesses you can kind of create the shape of business that you want you know whether that's I just want to work in school hours or I just work this many days a week or I only work with this kind of client. And I think when I first started and I heard people talking about niching, especially those who niche by industry, so some yeah. copywriters will just write about the building and construction industry or health or whatever it might be, I remember feeling like quite scared of that because I thought, well, I don't want to turn away potential clients because they'll see my specialty and think, well, that's I'm not the right it's writer for me. them. Yeah. 
but now I see from the other side, actually, it just gives you a lot of clarity in terms of who your ideal client is and the fact that, yeah, if, I mean, I don't actually specialize by um, industry because I've, my copywriting business has kind of become more of a, a PR and profile right, raising business, which is, um, which makes a lot of sense because that's what I've done for 20 years. But because of being overseas for so long, I was a little bit nervous at first about putting myself out there as a freelance PR when we got back and I was starting the business. I just didn't have like the up-to-date media contacts that I used to have. Everything was just, everything had changed. The whole media landscape had changed quite dramatically in six years and it continues. It would have, because that would have been like social media suddenly came out, or not suddenly, but blew out of control. Yeah, yeah. And also we're seeing all these like printed magazines and newspapers dwindling and becoming online definitely like in the the online you know publishing platforms that have done really well like places like Mamma Mia you know I hadn't really heard of them when I left the country in 2011 or maybe they were around I can't remember but and even podcasts you know they have become such a big part of content creation and such a big part of my world but when we first got back from overseas I don't think I'd ever listened to a podcast I'm ashamed to admit I was just my head was in the sand on that one I was in a cave but now it's you know I'm obsessed with podcasts and listening to them so yeah the landscape had changed a lot but then I think once I started to see people really wanted help with profile raising and because I do award writing as well that's another big part of profile raising for businesses and that kind of brings together the the writing and the sort of PR hat it merges the two together yeah yeah and I think that's really important that you you know that's obviously what you're really good at so you're bringing your experience to that and you're sharing that with the world so like you said it doesn't have to be industry-based it can be a service-based niche Definitely. Yeah. And I know there are some copywriters in our group as well. She will shine who, you know, specialize in website copy or specialize in um, editing or, you know, they have different specialties that again, aren't industry based. So I think you can niche in different ways um, and find what works for you. And it just helps you kind of really distill who is your ideal client and helps you connect with them more quickly rather than trying to be this vanilla something for everyone kind of person, yeah. which is what I was guilty of doing. One size fits all. Are we all guilty <laughs> of it though, Erin? Like Definitely. we all, I think it's a rite of passage in a way because you start, yeah. you don't really know for me, if this is what happened. I didn't really know what sort of businesses I wanted to work with. Cause when you're in an agency, you know, they like, this is the client. You don't get much choice in the matter. Yeah. So then when you suddenly, oh, this is my business, I get to choose. But you don't know what you want to do. So you've got to kind of sample the sample the menu mm. and then decide what you want for the main course. <laughs> it's true. It's a bit like speed dating or something, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to find the people that really light me up and the people that I don't want to see again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's like an initiation that I think everyone has to to go through. And I'm almost a bit suspicious of anyone who starts from scratch and knows right from the day, day dot. Yeah, okay, that's right. Exactly the kind of business I'm going to run. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, um, you know, where does that confidence come from? And like, I guess it's the old, if you build it, they will come. But mm. who do you want to come? Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, who are these people? So it's like, yes, you've got this business, but who are the people that you want to come towards you? Who, who are the ones that are going to gel yeah. what you offer? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's been, I've been really lucky in that a lot of my um, clients, even in the early days, 
I quickly realized were my ideal clients. So I've been able to work with them in an ongoing basis for a number of years. And as their businesses have changed and grown, I've been able to support them. You know, there's this wonderful businesswoman here in Wollongong who I started working with her a few years ago doing copywriting for her website. And then she's since launched various businesses and now she's launched a book and I'm helping do the PR for that. So it's sort of great to be able to see how my services can kind of evolve as people need different things from me. So yeah, you're on the same journey as them to a degree. Yeah, it's really lovely, actually. It's um, Yeah, I, I turned 40 last year and my business turned two in the same month. So I had a, a lunch with some, some of my beautiful local clients and connections. And it was just so nice to have this table of all women, of course. <laughs> Not that I've ever said my ideal client is a woman, but it just seems to me that that's who I attract um, in the majority. But it was just so great to look around this table of faces and think, wow, I've all of these people have worked with me and yeah, yeah we've created you've made that happen and yeah you've created your, your own community of um you know your clients but also your friends in that yeah yeah exactly so yeah it's um it's a lot of fun I can't imagine working for someone else now it's funny isn't it I, I don't know about me. <laughs> I can't imagine writing a resume and having a job interview I'm like I've been working for myself for it I don't know, about 14 years or so now. And I'm like, oh, if I ever have to, I'm going to be screwed. <laughs> I know. There are definitely, I've, I've, I've definitely had moments where I've, you know, I've seen the appeal of perhaps the, uh, you know, the reliable paycheck and the reliable hours. But then, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I was talking with someone the other day and they were talking about, you know, being back in the office and catching up over cups of tea in the, in the kitchen and I was like yeah when you work for yourself you really don't have any time for that kind of fluff like it's really like yeah. my hours yeah, are, it's true and my hours are still quite limited you know I've my I've got two out of my three kids at school but my youngest is still at preschool so I've only got three days a week that I can really get stuck in and work um, completely kid free luckily my husband doing shift work means, means he can pitch in a bit as well but yeah, those hours are so precious. I don't have any time to waste with. <laughs> it's funny because, like, your how, how old are your your boys? They're three, five, and eight. Yeah, and yeah. three. I've only got two, so my hats off to you with that one. <laughs> but I found it's funny because when they were little, I was like, I want to get them to school so I can work five days. And mm-hmm. now I've made a conscious conscious decision this year to only work four days. Oh, okay. So it's interesting because I've kind of gone, yes, okay, I've got to work every minute that I can possibly yeah. get and the kids are out of the house. And now I've pulled back a day just so I have a bit of, I don't know if I use the word balance, but have a bit of sanity maybe would be a better word. <laughs> yeah. I have a, a lovely copywriting friend in South Australia and she has her kids, are her, she's got two boys they are a little bit older than my kids, but she's done the same in that I think every Friday now is, it's sort of no client work. So it's, it's her day to do some work, you know, on her business. Um, And like you say, other things for herself. And I can see that that might be my preferred model down the track as well. When I do eventually get all three of them off to school five days a week, maybe it won't be a full-time job anyway. I mean, you know, I've, I feel like my, the beauty of working for myself, um, what I'm trying to say is, 
the beauty of working for myself is I've had a, a bit of a journey of self-discovery around certain things about myself over the last yep. few years. And one of those which I've spoken about in various places is that I've really realized I'm an early bird. So I do some of my best work at like five o'clock in the morning, which so is jealous. <laughs> I'm not one of those persons, but I want to be. <laughs> but my other, but the other end of that is I'm a complete useless. My brain is mush after about four o'clock in the afternoon. So for me, the idea of going back and working in a in a sort of nine to five environment is terrifying because I've realized after lunch, you know, I'm not anywhere near as productive. I'm nowhere near as creative, you know, as that morning, like having that more, that time in the morning and the, the flexibility that I can get up and do some work before the kids wake up or even once they're up, they're used to seeing me tapping away in the corner for a little bit. You know, it's, it's working really well for me. Um, and it works well with the school hours as well. So maybe that's like, like you say, four days a week working the hours that actually suit my personality and suit my my natural rhythm just makes everything flow so much more nicely so well that's the thing isn't it it's your business you get to decide how you want to run it and if that's what works for you then why the hell not kind of thing yeah exactly and I think I I was definitely guilty in the early days again I've been um you know, telling myself these stories about what I thought a freelancer did, you know, what I thought a small business owner did. So I remember my youngest was, you know, pretty young at the time. He was one and I was pretty exhausted all of the time. And I would finally get the kids to bed and then I'd drag out my laptop and sit there trying to do some work and just hated every minute of it and resented it and thought oh but this is what you have to do though when you're building a business you have to work at night you can't just put your laptop away and relax you need to be on and you need to be doing the hustle you know but I've since completely realized that actually evenings are not my natural work time I'm I'm like pushing a boulder uphill mornings are my natural work time I would much be happier going to bed at 8 30 p.m (laughs) knowing that I'm going to get up early and be productive in the morning and it's kind of given me my evenings back as well because because I know I don't work very well in the evenings I generally just don't work in the evenings ever like it's my time especially the kids eat up every other spare moment around the business it's kind of like well at least I know in the evening I can actually relax and take some time back for me yeah sometimes with my head in a book if I can stay awake yeah (laughs) and that's but that's your choice (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to touch on one thing that you mentioned there because you mentioned um that there was a lot of um personal development that's kind of gone on Mm. at the same time as running your business did you expect that as a business owner when you were trying to taking that first step? I didn't. I didn't. And I think that's one of the things I've really loved about this journey. Um, it's part of it is I love the external validation of doing good work for people and having positive feedback, which is something, you know, the, I guess it was about a year and a half there where I wasn't working and I was, we were moving countries and I was being full-time mum and, in that period, I realized I do really want to work because I, for my own sanity, I really yeah, crave that, that yeah. validation. So that was something that kind of became, a, I became aware of in terms of starting the journey, but I didn't ever expect that starting a business would lead to so much personal development. Like, obviously I thought, well, I'll get some professional development 
under my belt as well. I'll learn new things. I'll upskill. But it's been a really great exercise in getting to know myself better. Um, and I think that's part of the fun is, you know, realizing too that, I mean, whatever job you do, whether you run your own business or not, you should be bringing your whole self to work. You know, no one lives in compartments of, you know, this is work me and this is life me. I mean, we do to an extent, but really, I think if any silver lining has come from the pandemic, it's that those two worlds are blurred. So you can bring your whole self to work and also you can nurture your your personal self through your work and through what you're learning and through the development you're doing you know it doesn't have to be okay these two parts of me are are separate so I think that's been a really nice yeah definitely yeah definitely and it's not as though your work personality is different to your home personality it's like I think and running your own business that gets really I don't know if accentuated is the right word, but that gets brought to the forefront that it's like, well, you are your business. Definitely. That's something that is also a little bit scary to embrace when you are starting out your own business because you think, well, especially when I was launching as a copywriter, I thought, well, I just need to be, you know, know, cardboard cut out of a copywriter, whatever I decided that should be. And then as the the journey continued, I realized, well, the people who actually do really well are the people who bring themselves into the business and they share their personality and they're not afraid to show up and be true to themselves. And they're the people who you want to see what they're sharing on their marketing channels and you want to read their newsletter because it's not just a, you know, how to write, you know, copy how to use a colon it's like you know it's actually got some personality about it so I think that's actually becomes a superpower once you embrace that yeah your and can I just say you've done you're in your third year of business this year is that correct it is yeah. isn't it yeah beautiful um and it's a mate I see a lot of women who obviously start their own business and over the years how they develop and I think you've done a great job of presenting you your you authentic your authentic self over that the time I've probably followed you for the last two years I think mm-hmm. um and like that's quite early on to be quite confident in doing that because I see women who it takes like a long time to get to that point so is that something that yeah. you're proud of I'm really proud of it and I think it is definitely linked to the fact that I work in PR and profile raising so it's that whole do as I say not as I do I don't want to be someone that's telling my clients you've got to show up you've got to be yourself you know um you know I I try to lead by example you know I think in some ways being in PR means you're usually in the background you're not usually the one being interviewed on the podcast you're the one putting behind the scenes um but I think when my clients can see that I'm happy to put myself out there and then when I'm encouraging them to do the same I'm not sort of just you know it's easy to tell someone what to do it's harder to lead by example so I've been trying to do that quite consciously because of the work that I do you know I think I want the women who end up working with me or the people who work with me to see that I can at least raise my own profile as well (laughs) so I sort of have some you know personal experience in doing that and I've really enjoyed um being able to be in a position to come on podcasts or speak at events or 
you know, show up on video, which again, a lot of people hate doing. I actually don't mind doing it. So I figure I might as well just get out there and do it. So I am proud that I've been able to do that in the time that I've done it because I think I thought it would take a lot longer to get to this point. So and you've been, like, we've been through a pandemic. So how amazing is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Brilliant. I know. Although it's funny, I remember after the, was it the first or second lockdown? I don't oh, know. He, he knows. Um, I can't remember, but I remember really struggling. When, when I eventually got the kids back out of the house for a full day, I was just, like, flitting from one thing to another, like a really confused butterfly because I wasn't used to having more than 20 minutes at a time yeah. to do work in and become someone that was just so like okay right I've got to be laser focused for 20 minutes and then I can get back to what the kids are doing and all of a sudden I had a whole you know six hours stretching out in front of me yeah. nowhere near as productive as I thought I would be so it's just kind think of a lot of us went through that yeah like having to relearn how to yep. work relearn and unlearn as people say yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yeah. that's been interesting how do your boys, like, you know, dad's a doctor and mum runs her own business. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're great, actually. I've been quite open with them about what I do and, you know, trying to involve them in various ways. Um, there were definitely some early, in the early days, there were definitely some comments about daddy going to work and mummy just stays at home. and Mummy doesn't have a real job. And so I've tried to make it more um, visible to them in terms of yeah. what I do um, and I sort of try and tell them you know I do this to help other people like my job isn't saving lives <laughs> but my job does help it's still important. In different ways <laughs> that's right important. and it's still contributing to the, the household so you know the fact that I work from home um you know, I'm guessing it's going to be much more the norm now for anyone, whether you're an employee or self-employed, there'll be, it'll be much more normal for their friends at school to also have parents who work from home, even if it's just a couple of days a week. I think that whole, you know, that's just become sort of changed. Yeah. Yeah. I think they enjoy seeing what I'm doing. Sometimes they're quite curious, a little bit too curious. Uh, I was just telling you before we started, my Christmas present from my dad was a, a door in my office because it never used to have one and it does have a lock and I'm not afraid to use it. If I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so yeah, they've, they've been great. They've been, you know, and I, I do try and explain to them as well that because I work for myself, I can take them to various activities that I might not be able to otherwise. And we can go and travel places. You know, there have been points over the last two years where we go and go and stay with my mum and dad who live in country New South Wales and I can bring my work with me and still be able to do that from there. So having that flexibility has been really good for our family. Yeah. And what a great female role model they have in the house. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> no, I think definitely, 100% definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting raising boys. Um, I wrote a piece about it recently for Mamma Mia, actually. I've read it, yeah. Wednesday because yeah. I thought, you know, I always thought I would have a daughter. I was convinced I would have a daughter and that I would raise a strong woman to, like, follow my lead. And obviously that's not happened. We did get a female cat last year in lockdown. <laughs> I needed someone else in the house. A bit more feminine energy in there. Exactly, I needed some feminine energy. But um, it's been a fun learning experience with boys and actually realising that 
raising boys is just as important in breaking down gender stereotypes and and you know bringing more equality into the world so I've even noticed I've got one of each my eldest is a boy my youngest is a girl Mm. and but I even had to become conscious of the how I parented them differently it's like hang on like my own you know what I've been brought up with it's like kind of like hang on I have to sort of take a step back and go no this this we've got to change this up a little bit so yeah, yeah. It's I think we've got so much brand. internalized bias, yeah. haven't we? Just from the way we've been brought up, or our, you know, the way that we've experienced the world as women, and through a gendered lens, you know, we kind of yeah. can't help it. And the article I wrote, I did make a point of saying I've been guilty of saying the wrong thing to my boys sometimes, telling them to toughen up and don't cry or whatever it might be. And actually, that's not what I want for them. I want them to be able to feel all of the emotions and express themselves and communicate and see people as people before they see the gender. So, yeah, yeah it's a work in progress. Yes, <laughs> no, sure. no, being, being a parent is a work in progress. <laughs> yeah. And a business owner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think when you've run out of, I mean, it's funny because there is, um, you know, other advice I've been given, I think, in the early days of your business, you get so excited. You know, you've got shiny object syndrome. There are so many things I could be doing. And so many possibilities. So many possibilities. And you see other people doing things. I want to do that. I want to launch that. I want to make that. And someone said to me, there's always time. You know, you don't have to do it all in the first year or the first three years or even the first 10 years. You know, the whole beauty of running your own business is that it can evolve and change and the shiny objects will still be there later later on. Like it doesn't yeah, matter. Right. They'll probably be replaced by something else. <laughs> exactly. Got to keep having things to aspire to and look forward to. That's part of the fun. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Thank you so much for your time today, Erin. I've really enjoyed our chat. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our chat as well. It's been a great way to spend a post-COVID Thursday. Sorry if I sound a bit blocked up still <laughs> yeah literally a post-covid for you yeah. <laughs> it's always great chatting with you thanks erin and thank you to everyone for joining us today i've really enjoyed erin's story and i'm sure you have as well we'll see you next time see you later thanks for joining us if you enjoyed this episode of the she will shine podcast we invite you to check out shewillshine.com.au She Will Shine is the essential support network you need to grow a thriving, meaningful business. We can help you grow your network, connect and develop genuine relationships, be supported and support others in building and growing a successful business on your terms. Say goodbye to working alone and become a member at shewillshine.com.au.